Y'all ready to be history? It started. Welcome. Hi. 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 Hello, everyone. To the Pro Audio Suite. These guys are professional. They're motivated. Thanks to Tribooth, the best vocal booth for home or on-the-road voice recording. And Austrian Audio, making passion heard. Introducing Robert Marshall from Source Elements and Someone Audio Post, Chicago. Darren Robert Robertson from Voodoo Radio Imaging, Sydney. Tech to the VO Stars. George the Tech Whitam from LA. And me, Andrew Peters, voiceover talent and home studio guy. Line up, And welcome to another Pro Audio Suite. Thanks to Austrian Audio, making passion heard. And Tribooth. Don't forget the code TRIPAP200 to get $200 off your Tribooth. Now, something new has been uh, hitting the internet, and that is something new from Rode, and it's the NT1 fifth generation. It's not only just a large condenser mic with an XLR cable, it's also got a USB cable. This is more like the original, I hope this is more like the original NT1 that they made that that they then tried to make worse with the (laughs) NT1A. Yes, that's right. Well, the the NT1 is their large condenser mic, which they've sold, I would hate to guess how many they've sold, hundreds of thousands of NT1s. So the fifth gen, what they've done is they've added the USB connectivity to the NT1. Ah, Okay. Which is kind of cool because you can just plug straight into your laptop without having an interface. Kind of, but but there's no headphone monitoring and it it lacks the full interface. So what are you going to really do with that? I mean, you're 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 definitely not going to get any low latency monitoring out of that setup. You'll get low because you know if you're recording if you're running sending a 32 bit float through your AD converter. And and then yeah. punch, punching yeah, that down USB, it's going to be quick. Like you could, you could monitor this mic through Reaper or Pro Tools. With I'm not sure if it'll be absolutely unnoticeable, but usable latency. Let's put it this way. Yeah, it'll be not too annoying. It's not going to be like an Elvis no. slap echo. That's for yeah. sure. But it does seem like a little bit of a half USB feature because it's not a full. It's interface. interesting that they chose to. It must be something about they want the mic to look like the just a regular mic, but have this cool yeah. secret feature. Whereas the NT USB is literally all about being a USB mic, makes no bones about it. It has two big knobs on the side, so it's obviously got something going on. So maybe it's just it's perception. It feels more pro because it doesn't have knobs well, and switches all over it. I don't I don't know. Or did they see what Shaw did with the SM7 and sort of decide that we're going to do that? Maybe. Oh, the MV the MV3 or what it was called what, from what Shaw. What did Shaw do? Is the it wasn't it the SM7B and they stuck a USB connectivity onto it or something? Didn't they? Yeah, yeah, so it's got both, but it's a dynamic. I, I think what's interesting about this is, okay, you have an XLR, you give it 48 volts, but then you plug in USB and somehow the USB, it's like that thing has got some sort of intelligent power supply to know where the diaphragm is getting its juice from. Well, you know how they fix that problem? How? By putting the USB jack in the center of the XLR. Uh, you can't, can't have, have both, both at the same, same time. time. So their problem is yeah. fixed. Uh-huh. I agree with that, but they do have some sort of like interesting way to the power supply of going from five volts to power the diaphragm and going from 24 volts to power this is different well you have to have a dc to dc converter to up up step the voltage you have to have preamp circuitry an ad converter circuit obviously no da needed because there's no output headphone out 
there's you know, but there's a lot of negative space inside of you and, and inside a large diaphragm condenser mic with a body the size of a U87. There's a lot of room in there to put more electronics. Yeah. So I guess I figured what there's the hell. not going to be a lot of room to plug in your USB cable because I know that on the NTG4, if you don't get the right cable, you're not plugging it in. It's not going to fit. Yeah, well, I mean, it's no. There's not much room in there. You 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 can't use a USB C with a big thick, I don't know, a big really big plug on yeah. it. Yeah, it has to have a small it. plug, yeah. but it won't. Yeah, it, it's it's very clever packaging. Let's just put it that way. I thought for sure yeah. it was going to. I think it adds I thought value. For sure, it was going to be like long term value. The Yeti Pro, which has XLR and USB, but separated. You can use them simultaneously. Um, right. So I was a little disappointed about that. That was my one little poo-poo. Then I thought, well, how often would I do that? And I'm like, I don't know. Why would you but do you that? Could, you could use yeah. the USB as a 32-bit float backup to your main rig yeah. okay. um, yep. if you're self-recording. Self so that's kind of cool. But that's, a, again, a niche. Um, mm. For DBA, they still claim to be the lowest, quietest uh, studio condenser mic and. I think they can hold that crown because even the quote unquote sub zero mic, have you heard of that one by Lewitt? No. Oh, yeah, yeah. They claim that, you know, that it's one, claimed yeah. to be below zero <laughs> noise. Well, the electronics, yeah, yeah the, zero VU. the electronics are zero VU, but the capsule, <laughs> when you add that on, it's about four. It's about 4 dB. Yeah. A. So it's similar, about the same. Bottom line is the damn thing's quiet. But what would be the gain setting for the preamp? If you're recording in 32-bit float, uh, Robert, what would you set the gain to on the internal preamp for that use case? Well, I think that recording float directly means nothing because you're really recording 24, technically 23-bit, I think, on 32-bit float because it's all about the big number until you change the gain after the fact where the float thing becomes an ad advantage. Before you record, you're recording... At your level, with no modification up or down, so there's no benefit to... I've never understood this, why anybody thinks it's a good idea to create a float recorder. You're just recording 23 bits with a bunch of zeros at the end of it that someone can change later to adjust the gain without loss. But until then, you're just collecting empty data. So does it matter so much what you set your gain to in the software for the road? You know, because it connects to Road Connect... And road or we yeah road connect and road central and you can adjust the gain and it it does it does it's the same thing I mean it, it's still twenty three bit which is twenty four bit which means you can record ridiculously low and still capture at least or better than sixteen bit resolution which is what anybody is going to consider a usable recording so it still has that same thing but I'm just saying when you record directly into float you're filling the first side of the of the word the which is like the description of the waveform. You're capturing that waveform at whatever bit depth you can. And then the advantage to float is later you give somebody the sound file and they can add or remove gain to it without permanently destroying that description of the waveform. But if you don't get a really good description of the waveform at the beginning, it doesn't matter. So when you record into a number, you would get the exact same resolution recording 24-bit and just file converting the file to float as you would just recording directly into float. Is it about clipping though? Is that that is that why they've done the thirty-two bit float, so you don't clip? That's the theory. After the fact, after the fact yeah. though, it's like you can add gain, and then you're like, "Oh, I clipped it," and then you can turn the gain away. Yeah. I guess that's what I'm saying. So, what would be the right gain setting 
if you're recording in 32-bit float? I would hit around minus 12. It's the same rules as fixed point because until you're done recording, the benefit of float is zero. Float is all about post-processing or something you do to the signal after you capture it. If you're sending it to a, like the idea of float in real time would be you capture at 32-bit float and then you send it into a compressor and you compress the hell out of it in a compressor and normally it would distort, but then you can just turn the output gain in the compressor, you know, like like after the compressor is done distorting it, you can still turn the volume down and you would undistort it because the volume is a parameter of the file instead of baked into the file. But what you capture is baked into it. The initial capture is baked in. It's what you do after that you can turn the volume into a parameter that you can like clip something and unclip it by turning it down. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm confusing people about the nature of 32 I was bit, confused right from the beginning, quite me, frankly. That's okay. <laughs> Carry on. You're constantly confused, though. Come on. George, George is, is this making sense to anybody? <laughs> yes, most of it. Most yes. of it. Are you making yeah. sense to me? Most of it. Not all of it. Most of it. Yeah. Well, it's like having a having a, a drawing a line across a waveform, and then anything above that line is clipping, but you can, you're actually, after the fact, you can actually move that line above what was clipped, and then all of a sudden it's not clipped. That's what I'm kind of... You You first have to capture the, un, the waveform unclipped before you can clip it and then unclip it. But if you capture the waveform clipped, it's clipped. But if it was clipped, it would only clip if, you, if you're actually overriding uh, the, um, the, the actual capsule too hard. Is that correct? Or are you talking... Or the electronics. So, so you have an A to D converter, yeah. right? And the, and the A to D converter is saying, I see this waveform and I'm going to describe it with 23 bits. And so I think, um, I, I forget exactly how it is, but 32-bit means that the word is, is split into two sections. There's a 23- or 24-bit word, which describes the waveform. And then there's an 8-bit number that describes the gain. Yeah. When you first record, the gain is zero. I mean, do you have a gain knob inside you, Andrew, that you are turning up and down that somehow you can oh, yeah, absolutely. impart into this yeah, file? Yeah, I do. Yeah. It, right. It's capturing it at zero gain. Yeah. And then after that, you can mess with the gain of the file. So think of 32-bit as like a file that has a gain knob attached to it. Yeah. And if you turn the gain and you give it to somebody else, they can turn the gain down. Compared to with fixed point, you turn the gain up on your file, you give it to somebody else, they can turn the gain down, but the change to the waveform of you turning the gain the up. damage is already is done. permanent. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, the damage it's is done damaged. and you can't yeah. undo yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. But if, if, if you're capturing it, you're just trying to get a good picture of the sound. And that doesn't change if you're recording 32-bit or 24-bit. So to answer George's question, the rules are exactly the same. Try to capture around minus 12. Really watch out if you're getting somewhere between minus 3 and minus 6 or minus six and minus three, and really don't try to hang out above minus three um, because that's truly like, you know, your headroom. The, the exact same rules as 24-bit recording, I yeah. think, because mm. there's no benefit like to recording directly. To I found a really good article about this just now on Sound Devices website, sounddevices.com. Mm -hmm. They have an article called 32-bit float files explained, and it really gets into the math um, and has a really good graphical... Right. You know, illustrations that explain different bit word lengths and, and, and all this. It's a good article. So, 
If you want to supplement this, take a look at this on, on sounddevices.com. Yeah. You know, it's a really good explanation. Well, the other thing that needs explaining really is what a road. Who are they targeting with this microphone? I think that people who want to get a USB microphone, but in their heart know that if it doesn't have an XLR jack, it's probably going to be a limited investment. Like the mic will have more uses, more professional uses as an XLR mic compared to a USB mic. The thing I think would be a plus for for what we do is that, you know, imagine you're on the road, you take that mic with you, you've got your interface, you've got your laptop, you're about to do a session, and your interface shits its pants. My Rode AI1 never shit its pants. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> what if you're on the road and you've been partying the night before and you shit your pants? <laughs> yeah, well, there's, there's that as well. <laughs> Just While like- you're sitting on your interface. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That wouldn't be good. That would not be good. Well, I, I, I think it's for, well, it's obviously a miss for multiple audiences, but I think it's mainly for creators. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to talk so. into a camera and want the yeah. best possible sounding mic captured directly into their system. Yep. Um, yeah. And then they've got an ATEM, blah, 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 you know, some super duper video switcher. That's shit for audio. So now yep. they have two different audio streams. They have their mic stream and they have their ATEM, which, you know, I've talked to enough creators and, and media producers to know that the audio in an ATEM, those little black magic video switchers that people love, mm-hmm. is yep. crap. So for them to buy a mic with a great sounding AD converter, plug and play and go and mm-hmm. just add it as an input in their OBS or whatever their video switcher. Are you guys hearing all the ad yeah, notification? Yes. Yeah. Damn it. You should have told yeah. me. I'm sorry. It's coming out of so many places. I don't even know where you guys, what you guys can hear. I think also Andrew's point is a, is a backup interface. It's not bad if you're traveling. It's a it's like a backup interface in one. Yeah. But yeah. should we stuff a microphone into your interface so that you have a backup microphone? Uh, you mean uh, the Apogee One? So if you yeah yeah. So if you yeah. yeah, that's right. which was an interface with a built-in backup <laughs> microphone. Yeah. Right. It's one oh of the few. God. One of the only I know of. Do you know of any other? Audio interfaces with a built-in backup microphone or a microphone at all? I believe Roland made the, like, it was the Roland Cakewalk interface, and I believe it had a microphone in it for some bizarre reason, like a little square hole in the uh-huh. thing. Um, I mean, if you don't talk to, count the talkback mic in the in a various interfaces, it's not really. No. I mean. And it wasn't all that great either. I tried it out. It sounded just as good as the the mic in my iPad at the time. But it had one. Right. I thought Roland was the headless Thompson Gunner. <laughs> maybe that's another Roland. Uh, for those those Australians who used to listen to Doug Mulray, I'm reminded of Roland Rollerdoors from Roland Rollerdoors Rollerdoors. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> no, I don't. Mulray FM. At the House of M's. Oh, excuse me for a second, will you? Hello, Doug Mulray, Triple M. Hey, good day. Let Doug Mulray. Yes, yes, who's this? Uh, this is Roland Rollador. Roland Rollador? Yeah, Roland Rollador from Roland Rollador's Rollador. Now, hang on a minute. Y- your name is Roland Rollador, yeah. and you sell Rollador's. Yeah, that's right. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> it's a funny sort of coincidence, isn't it? 
Yeah, I suppose you're right. I never really saw it that way before. Geez, they told me you were quick. You're the smart one of the family, were you, my mate? <laughs> Roland Rollador from Rolling Rollador's Rollador's. Um, <laughs> I, uh, now, now I'm just thinking of like Roland, Roland, Roland. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Rawhide. There's another one. Yeah. Just, just as an aside, that I was just looking at when you mentioned that um, the Sub Zero. Um, microphone before George, I never heard of it. When had a look, and there's a they've got a pencil condenser, and it's got interchangeable capsules. It comes with three different capsules, for on, a, on like a on a pencil mic, which I thought was kind of interesting. Are they compatible with like AKG CK1 series? I have no idea. It doesn't really give well, away too Lewitt. much, to be honest. Yeah, with Lewitt you. is one of the ex AKG guys. Oh, yeah. is it? Yeah. Uh, okay. But they broke away from AKG before AKG really. Through the whole towel, and they did. I think they did. I, I, I'm not 100 percent on that, but uh, well, yeah, yeah Lewitt's been around for a while. Well, yeah, Here that's, we go. that's super interesting because Lewitt was besides like Lewitt was one of the first ones to do the dual diaphragm, um, like output for each diaphragm, like the OC818. They were one of the first companies like that and Sphere. Yeah, well, it's got three yeah. capsules, so it's cardioid, super cardioid, and omni for this pencil mic. And it's 39 pounds. Does it say anything about CK1? Well. Uh, oh, is it the LTC40? Which, which mic is it? The SZC100. S for Sam, S-Z-C- Z for zero, C for Charles, 100. 100. Three interchangeable capsules. Fascinating. You wouldn't want to know what came up on mine when I Google searched that. <laughs> but uh, it's going to take me a while to get that uh, washed out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was fun. Is it over? The Pro Audio Suite. With thanks to Tribooth. And Austrian Audio. Recorded using Source Connect. Edited by Andrew Peters. And mixed by Voodoo Radio Imaging. With tech support from George the Tech Whittem. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and join in the conversation on our Facebook group. To leave a comment, suggest a topic, or just say good day, drop us a note at our website. Theproaudiosuite.com.